Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest is Justin Tupper. We'll hear from him after this. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Justin Tupper, his wife Brooke, and their four children operate a cow-calf herd in the St. Ange, South Dakota area. Tupper also owns a livestock auction barn and is currently the president of the United States Cattlemen's Association. All right, Justin, well, uh, for those who may not be familiar with you and your connections to the cattle industry, let's talk a little bit about first uh, yourself and your operation there at home. Uh, It's a family business. For sure, Jody. Thanks, uh, Justin Tupper from St. Ange. Uh, uh, owner manager here at St. Ange Livestock. We also run uh, uh, around 500 cows and uh, also run a stocker yearling uh, outfit with my family, both uh, my boys and both my uh, twin daughters all involved in some way, along with my wife, Brooke. So uh, family operation and uh, deep roots in the uh, cattle industry. Let's talk a little bit about what it's like on sale day there these days. Cattle market uh, that we're definitely seeing trending in the right direction, uh, which we definitely need. Uh, lots of uh, our expenses and as everybody knows uh, uh, everything that we buy has went up uh, significantly so we definitely are glad to see some increases unfortunately uh, we've already gave away a lot of the profits that are into that because uh, everything we bought and everything we do costs that much more but uh, uh, definitely a a better time at least in the cattle industry I think as numbers are a little shorter than they have been uh, we're starting to see that pendulum swing in the favor of uh, uh, the producer uh, which is good but uh, it's sure not a time when we can uh, lay down. We've got to make sure we continue to work uh, to make this a viable market. And, and, and we know the factors in play when we have four big uh, packers that can really kind of control this thing uh, when the numbers get back in their favor. So we've got to make sure we stay vigilant even in this time when it's a little better. We've definitely seen a trend in the right direction and, and has a lot to do with sheer numbers and uh, uh, some of the volumes that have left this country and the drought. And, and we're going to feel those effects for a while. Speaking of- of uh, droughts, you know, South Dakota was a real hit and miss situation depending on where you were last year as far as how dry and or how wet areas were. St. Ange area, what are you seeing around there as far as pasture conditions and feed conditions and where the livestock are coming from that are coming through your place? Well, I think... uh... You know, here we've had uh, some moisture throughout the winter. I think it feels like uh, very unpredictable, always the weather, but uh, feels like maybe we're we're moving into a little different pattern. It's been we've been two or three years, almost three years now of pretty uh, drought conditions. We did have a somewhat better year last year, not because we had an abundance of moisture in this uh, western area and eastern Montana and and eastern Wyoming, but because we got some very timely rains, we hit, we had some grass and and they did put up. Some some hay, but I would say it was still below average kind of year. But I think uh, all in all, the general feel is, and we never know what spring can bring, but uh, maybe we're moving in a little better direction moisture-wise. Potentially one tool to help continue our cattle producers moving in the direction of having a little bit more control or say over the markets when they take their animals. Part of that solution that they're giving a try to is the Federal Cattle Contract Library Pilot Program. As you've looked through the details 
as the U.S. Cattlemen's Association has looked through the details. What are you seeing? What are you liking as in this pilot project? What are we maybe concerned and, and looking at and just kind of seeing how it plays out that we may need to tweak? Yeah, I appreciate that. I think uh, as we really are taking a deep dive look into the cattle uh, contract library pilot program, and we've had several uh, interactions with the USDA on this, I think we're pretty disappointed uh, would probably be the correct way to say it in, in some of the information we're getting. We continually hide these uh, big corporate feed yards. What they actually get gets hidden behind confidentiality, uh, which uh, is an absolute cop-out in our way of thinking at uh, U.S. Cattlemen's. Uh, we understand uh, that uh, they have to have some proprietary information, but the market and what they actually get has uh, been really a deception. And the hope for the cattle contract library was to expose some of that. So, for example, uh, the best way I describe it is you get some of these big corporate feed yards that, that get a bid for all their cattle, and they take them all to one place, whether it be JBS. Or, or, or whoever it might be, and they, they've committed their whole yard to them. And for that, they get a bid that, let's say, maybe 2 or $3 over the five-state weighted average. And I thought in the cattle contract library for our way of thinking at USCA was that if we could expose some of that so those market tools for the small guy could be, even if we couldn't get that for a market, we could use it uh as a tool to know when maybe they were going to have a lot of cattle for sale when they were uh, very heavy in marketing so we could maybe market our cattle in a different way. And I think uh, that's just not what we saw. And we were very much afraid of that. And the, the, the tough part of the cattle contract library is literally the devil's in the details. And it is very, very deep dive when you talk about uh, the cattle that are sold on a live basis, the cattle that are sold on a formula type contract and many different uh, types of formulas. And then they throw in that uh, they have to have confidentiality in there when you have four major packers that really control uh, the whole market. I think at that point in time, your proprietary information should not be necessarily uh, confidential. And uh, that's even a larger argument than the uh, contract library. But uh, so I'd say for the most part, it's probably what we were afraid it was going to be. Uh, not a lot of new information in there. I know they're trying to, and, and we've worked hard with some of the uh, USDA uh, people on this, and they put in some time. But it's uh, really uh, not getting to the root of what we had hoped for uh, in the information that would come out in it. The confidentiality that they're they're claiming as far as not releasing some of that information, are the Packers, does it seem like they're protecting their information and what they're paying or are they trying to protect their clients so the neighbor doesn't know how much they sold their cattle for that kind of thing well the confidentiality rule that applies and i won't be able to tell you exactly but it has to do with there has to be at least three packers participating in that area and and when there's only four major players it's very difficult to to see that there's three players in there with a certain percentage of market and they have a whole formula that they apply to that and and, and we've argued for a long time that that's uh, an unfair practice and that's not how it should be. When, when mandatory price reporting was uh, brought out, it should be exactly that. It's mandatory price reporting, so we know what they get. And, and that's just not something we're getting at this time. And uh, I know the cattle contract library was something we thought might 
uh, help to expose some of that. But as of today, I don't think that's uh, really what's happening with this pilot project anyway. How long does this pilot project run? And then at that date, will there be conversation about what needs to be tweaked, what's working, what's not, that type of thing? You know, the USDA has been very open about trying to work on this program. And we've been on several different uh, conference calls with them explaining what they've done and what information's out there. I don't know exactly. I'm sure they were funded to a certain degree, and when the funding runs out on a pilot project, that's when uh, uh, we probably uh, twilight that project. And, you know, it's going to be hard for us, I think, with the information that is coming out of there to support that, uh, to fund it and, and keep it going when it's not uh, fully the information that we believe we ought to be getting out of it. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or Wade at 605-730-1801. Since we're talking uh, United States and, and government, uh, farm bill discussions, uh, you know, conversations are already starting. What are some of the top concerns for the U.S. Cattlemen's Association as you folks are involved and, and watch these farm bill conversations and, and how things are going to play out, especially with those of us in agriculture, a lot of us realizing the vast majority of the farm bill actually goes to nutrition programs? Well, I mean, and you said it. I mean, that's exactly it. I think from a U.S. Cattlemen's perspective, uh, uh, getting a, a cattle provision in there that is fully funded. I think one of the things we see uh, through the last several farm bills is, is when we have these catastrophic events, whether it be weather events or or, or black swan events, for that matter, of uh, packing houses go down, that we have some type of indemnity program that is fully funded and we don't have to uh, uh, go back in and beg for that uh, dollars each and every time there's something uh, catastrophic happens in the industry. And I think uh, the LRPs that are uh, in there are, are we're hearing a lot more producers liking that they've they've made that a much more friendly program and that's funded through some of uh, USDA dollars or they're sure sticking some money in there and I think we want to continue to make sure that that uh, is a viable option for uh, our producers. Um, I think when we start looking at uh, the the every proponent of this, you know, uh, obviously the tax uh, situation, the death tax, and whether that's taken up in the farm bill, that'll be interesting to see. I think uh, we, we, we need to just stay vigilant as to where some of these uh, uh, really uh, – outside groups want to take some of these things. I think sometimes when you look at the farm bill, it's not what we put in there. It's what we make sure isn't in there is as important at different times. So I, I think we're just going to be uh, very much so monitoring the situation, uh, looking for that cattle provision and making sure that uh, some of these uh, catastrophic, catastrophic events uh, are funded and, and that we can make sure we can keep our producers viable through some of these really tough times. Another situation of concern right right now involves uh, Brazil and beef from Brazil being imported into the United States. This has been a concern for a variety of topics, but uh, most lately, again, uh, concern over disease transference. What would the U.S. cattlemen like to see happening as far as our relationships, our import-export situation with Brazil, at least right now, until they get things under control? Well, I think uh, without question, we would like to see Brazilian imports halted for a very big multitude of reasons. Uh, One, 
they're known bad actors that they have not been truthful in the marketplace. And, and there's documented case after documented case where they haven't been. I think when we look at this atypical, uh, uh, BSE cow or two cows, I believe it is, they found. Uh, we know that can happen, but they didn't report it in the manner that uh, uh, is standards with the World Trade Organization. They haven't followed through. Uh, and again, any if that would be the United States, they would be shutting down imports from us all over the country. And I, I think we've got to start following that up a little bit and, and bringing them into line uh, if we want to keep our food supply safe. And I think that's a, a national security issue that should be taken very seriously. Uh, another portion uh, and reason that Brazilian beef imports should be halted is uh, their child labor laws. And they, they, they've been known to violate them right here in this country. We know they do it in their country. Uh, for those reasons, uh, I know at U.S. Cattlemen's, uh, we feel very strongly that uh, imports should be halted until they can uh, get their act together. And, and that may take some time because, again, we know they've been bad actors in the market and uh, we haven't done the appropriate things to uh, react to some of those uh, cases and for that reason, they just continue to take more rope and take more rope. So uh, I think one of the things with Brazil is we would encourage uh, Congress and, and try to halt those imports until they can uh, get their stuff together. Justin, when I look at agriculture advocacy groups, uh, especially looking at cattle right now, uh, U.S. Cattlemen's Association, RCAF USA, National Cattlemen's Beef Association. I look at those three organizations right now in particular, but also I've seen it with corn and soybeans and wheat and all these others. There's a lot of South Dakota folks that are up in high positions. They've, they've run, they're putting in the time, they're doing the advocating, they're trying to make the industry better. Why do you think we see so much involvement from South Dakotans in agriculture? culture at the state and national level. Well, I think that's a great point. And, and right now in all three cattle organizations, all three presidents, NCBA, U.S. Cattlemen and RCAF are from South Dakota. And I think, uh, as I've said several times to my colleagues in those organizations, that uh, if there was ever a time when we ought to be able to get something done, it ought to be now. And I know both of those guys personally. Uh, I consider them uh, good friends and great advocates of the industry. We don't always agree on every uh, issue, but there are many issues where we need to take off our organizational hat and we need to wear our cattleman's hat, that we are cattlemen first, and we need to make sure that we uh, are working hard to make sure we have a viable industry for generations to come. And I think uh, that, that we have a great opportunity to do that. And, and, and we're very willing to work hard. Uh, we need to work together when we can. Uh, and some of these issues that we don't agree on, we just need to move them to the side and we need to work on the issues that we can get done because we have plenty of uh, detractors out there that are, would love to see the uh, cattle industry torn apart. And I think sometimes they keep the uh, three groups stirred up uh, and then we spend time infighting and not getting done the things we need to get done. So I guess my hope for uh, my term here as U.S. Cattlemen's president, at least, is that we can uh, uh, bring some of these groups together, fight for the things that uh, we believe in and, and be cattlemen first in, in, in all scenarios and knowing we're not going to agree on everything. And, uh, and, and let's just try to make sure we can move forward when we can. And I think there's lots of places we can. 